0: Oh, she's I'm a depressed. scientist. God damn it! She's a yeoman. Oh yeah, sorry. So, no, she's not. So a scientist. She she makes she might she makes archery equipment. <laughs> yeah, I should have known.
1: Later. Welcome to episode 27 of the Laser comb podcast, the weekly show where we comb through random episodes of classic TV series with a fine tooth laser. I'm the Siege, one of your hosts. And I'm
0: Cal, your other host.
1: Uh, lately on the Laser comb podcast, we've, uh, our format has kind of changed a little bit in the sense that we've started focusing on dedicating uh, different months to different themes. Uh, I, th- I think that's probably what, how the show is going to be going forward. Uh, I still
0: keeping like, that rando episode.
1: St- still keeping the random episode thing, but I, I like uh, being able to follow themes for uh, sp- uh, specific periods of time. Um,
0: our first I, I, theme being... An- yeah. Our, our, yeah. Our
1: first theme was actually Christmas month, and then we did uh, Patreon month, and then we did uh, anime month. And now... I'm digging it. I, I, yeah, I, 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 I want to keep it going. Uh, and now... That it is April, uh, and there are five weeks in the month of April. Five Fridays in the month of April, oh, and Fridays, <laughs> Fridays is Friday is the day that we record this show week in and week out. I've decided. Well, we we decided, but it, it, I was the one who pitched the idea that uh, April we are uh, declaring Star Trek month, Star Tronk month. And to give a little bit of an explanation for that, uh, I believe Ca- Star Trunk uh, arose from our um, uh, our reboot podcast, Alphanumeric, I believe it was. And I think, uh, Cal, I think it was you who misspoke and you said Star
0: Trunk. <laughs> and we kind of just ran with it. My words often slur sometimes to some degree. And especially when I'm like either passionate about something, whether it's mocking it or like trying to, uh, just excitedly talking about it and who's to say whether i even said that on purpose or not but there's I, our um there's our copyright free star trunk
1: <laughs> uh, either way we decided to just to just run with it and uh to yeah. this day this was probably over a year ago now and to this yeah. day i now often just casually refer to star trek as star trunk so here in the month of april on the Lasercomb podcast it is star trunk month we are going to be doing the five uh, original Star Trek series in order, a random episode each week, as always, but in order, starting with uh, this week, which is Star Trek, the original series. Um, That's right. If you're just joining us, maybe because you're a Star Trek fan, welcome. Uh, if you've already been listening to the show, thank you. Thank um, you. If you are new, though, and I I don't think I've ever actually since we're starting a new month, new theme for the podcast, um, I've never actually really explained what my like what kind of the original mission statement was for this show and it like there was a whole bunch of ideas that went into it. It was
0: right. Yeah,
1: but one of the things that um, that I kind of wanted to uh, kind of recreate as it were, with this podcast was uh, back before the days of streaming, because nowadays it's like, oh, like you can basically anything you want to watch is available on some streaming service or another. And like you just you you start from the beginning and you go from there back before the days of streaming, watching uh, just watching television casually, which is all of these Star Trek series pre-date streaming, the way you discovered TV shows often was just stumbling across them. A random episode, and it, often it was a random episode. It was very rare that you would catch a, you would uh, stumble onto a show on its first episode. It did happen. It happened to me. Um, one of my favorite uh, cartoons as a kid, uh, Beast Wars, which we talk about on our Beast Wars podcast, Too Much energy on. Um, I happened to stumble across that on the first episode through... Sheer happenstance.
0: Yeah, but, you were waiting for a different show, and you're like, "Oh, let's see what this other thing is."
1: Yeah, yeah, I was waiting. I was uh, waiting for a reboot, and uh, that's that's how I discovered Beast Wars. But generally, like back before the days of streaming, you would uh, often discover shows uh, just on a completely random episode, and would then just have to go from there. Uh, the the show kind of had to. Week in and week out, especially with very episodic television, which is what Star Trek was—not uh, the modern shows, mind you, but the uh, original core, like five Star Trek series—they uh, were mostly episodic, quite episodic in nature. Mm-hmm. Basically, with uh, classic uh, network television, it was the every single week the the show was setting out. the The show was basically like setting out to rope you in with every single episode like that that's the the each episode each week you you kind of had to treat every episode well like people behind the scenes would have to treat every episode like it was the first episode it was somebody somebody out there's first episode
0: many first viewers might stumble across episode 12 or 20 or whatever yeah and how do we get them to go oh this is cool. I should and tune, now in, tune next week. in. Tune in every time that it's on, thus yeah. the episodic nature. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Every episode of uh, uh of a of te- of television is someone's first episode. Yeah, and so uh, I was kind of like fumbling my words a little bit there, but basically, like with this podcast, I wanted to kind of recreate that experience in a way, which is one of the reasons why I really like. Uh, okay, one of the now reasons. I- One of the reasons why I really like uh, uh, we we do Patreon sponsored episodes quite a uh, shows quite a bit, Um, and that's one of that's one of the reasons why I really like getting uh, 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 Patreon uh, pitches from our Patreon subscribers for uh, different shows, especially like if they're shows that I've never seen, Um,
0: never even heard of,
1: (laughs) yeah, or never even heard of, yeah, because uh, yeah, like I said, with this podcast, I kind of wanted to recreate the experience of just stumbling across tv shows completely at random
0: i I didn't i also have a bad memory (laughs) so you could have told me that but yeah i didn't really realize that like theme but now that you explain it to me i was like oh that iconic like stumbling upon a new episode as if you were like you know 15 or doesn't matter what age and you were just like going through the channels because you were bored or it was after school and you're like, Whoa, what is this? Yeah. Yeah. I, I dig that. I, it, it makes way more sense now. <laughs> yeah. And
1: I, I, I don't think I've ever actually really explained it before, but um, uh, like I said, a uh, new month, new theme, and we're talking about one of my favorite franchises of all time this month. So I figured this was now was a good time to actually like go into like where, like, the like, randomness, the random factor comes from. The random okay. factor. That could be the name of a uh, original series episode. The random factor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week on the Laser Comb Podcast, we are talking about episode 29 of Star Trek, the original series. Operation Annihilate! With an exclamation mark and two hyphens, strangely enough.
0: Yeah, I, I noticed that, and I was like... Hmm. Punctuation. Yeah, the (laughs)
1: punctuation for the title of this episode is very bizarre. But, um. What is this? The season
0: one finale?
1: Yeah, this is the season finale of uh, the first season of Star Trek, the original series. Uh, so the episode opens up, uh, as always, with the Enterprise. And, um, the Enterprise is on a course to, uh, some planet, um, because there has been this, uh, Several planets in, like, this cluster have all been destroyed, have all, like, basically torn themselves apart by some, like, madness ailment.
0: Mass hysteria that hits these these civilizations kind of makes them destroy themselves and then moves onwards, and they're looking at kind of like a star map. Very rudimentary, but and they're kind of like, well, this was the first planet, this was the second, this was the third, so it seems like, and and this happened like 200 years ago, and this happened like 80 years ago, and this happened 25 years ago, and this happened two years ago. And so the
1: the planet Deneva is the the next planet in this line uh, of people If this was a
0: sentient thing moving... And destroying civilizations, they're kind of being like, "Well, it looks like it's going this
1: I, way. It looks like it's going to go to this planet, uh, Deneva. So we need to go there to to warn them." Basically, I kind of um,
0: like that science. The 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 little sciency parts of this, and there's a lot of it in this episode. There is, yeah. Are uh, so, most episodes like that? Yeah, totally. I this re- I should go back and watch all of this. Like this, uh, like if anyone's like curious, like, uh, I don't know how how, uh, Siege feels, but uh, like this was actually like quite joyful. (laughs) Like I, I really dug this. Uh, Full disclosure, I'd never
1: actually seen this episode before. Um, Lifelong Star Trek fan. Uh, I grew up, I I was a kid when Star Trek The Next Generation was still airing. So for me, that, that was Star Trek. Uh, And and of course, like Deep Space Nine and Voyager and Enterprise, Uh, I am fond of all of them in varying degrees. Uh, Not big on Deep Space Nine, controversial opinion. How dare Um, you? (laughs) But I never actually watched a ton of the original series when I was a kid. I did really like the original, the movies with the original series cast, Mm. though. I watched those a lot, but I didn't watch the original series all that much. So I haven't, I've seen quite a bit of it, but I haven't seen every single episode. And this was an episode that I hadn't seen. And uh, today I learned that uh, Captain Kirk had a brother,
0: named I, Sam. Yeah, I, I, I had like, no oh, idea cool. he's got a he's got a brother, and he's gone. And he, <laughs>
1: I I had no idea that he had a brother. He his brother had a wife. Uh, he has a nephew. No clue. I, <laughs> I'm like, wow. I'm I'm I'm
0: learning shit today. I've got to stumble upon story for you real quick, that, but it has to do with the show. Um, I'm familiar with the original series because I used to run home from uh, uh, during lunch from like grade 11, 12, like the end of high school run home where my aunt amazing cook would make um, home cooked meals. She was great. They were always varied best sandwiches, like French onion soup, like that kind of thing. I was like spoiled and I race home like run because not only so I, so I could eat During that like block of time, the original series was on. Mm. And I'd watch that with my aunt as (laughs) like I ate, and I was often like a few minutes late after lunch because I wanted to watch the entire episode. And so sometimes I'd miss just the beginning or just the end. So I've watched like 50 episodes of the original series, but just like that, like in middle chunks and randomly because mm. they don't play reruns in, in any order often.
1: Well, and the original series in particular uh, also didn't uh, didn't air in uh, uh, in production order. So uh,
0: you know what? it could have aired in, in an order and I would never have <laughs> never have known. So good point. I, yeah. <laughs> anyways, uh, I thought I'd just throw that out there because that's like literally how I've watched this show. Is like yeah, it's like stumbling upon it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's neat. Um speaking of uh Kirk's brother, so uh the the Enterprise tries to hail the the planet and um uh they, they get no response and Kirk is like, Oh, well, uh he tells Ahora, the um the comms officer, to uh hail at this frequency and she's like, Oh, but that's a private channel, sir. And he's like, Yeah, I know, do it. Uh, So she does, and she gets through to uh, someone who is talking back and is kind of frantically saying, like, oh, like, basically, like, help us, save us. Uh, Kirk mentions that this uh, might be this sounds like the voice of uh, uh, his brother's wife.
0: And I'm like, and indeed, he even he's like, hey, like, this is Jim. Right. Like, hello, are you there? And Ohura reveals, hey, because he's like, hey, get her back on that's a, that's an order. And she's like, excuse me, but that was one way, like, message. And her yeah. channel isn't, like, open. And he's all like, well, we'll keep trying to hail her anyway. Yeah, I was <laughs> it's like, like, kind was of like... like that he was like, hey, I don't want excuses. Do it. And she, like, turns in her chair and she's like, <clears throat> actually, and I, I was like, oh, yeah. good for her. <laughs>
1: Listen, motherfucker, I literally can't, no matter how pissed off you get, so fuck off
0: i i like that exchange it's not just him like Bart. he does a lot of that in this episode where he's all like damn it you geeks figure it out i know you have in an you have an hour and then he goes off and i'm like i understand he's not a scientist or a doctor but it's i just imagine him going off and like playing like tetris or pong on like <laughs> the computer and he's like well eggheads have you figured it out yet
1: I, I know there's a scene uh, in particular later <laughs> on where he, uh, where he does that, that uh, I found quite amusing. Uh, meanwhile, so they, so they go to uh, the, this planet Deneva and they encounter a ship flying toward the sun and they're like, Oh, well, let, let, let's go after it. And uh, they, they open a, uh, uh, they open comms to this ship and they, uh, the the ship, like, gets right to the sun, like, gets dangerously close to the sun, like, to the point where, and the Enterprise being in pursuit, uh, the Enterprise, they're like, sir, our outer hull is has reached over a thousand degrees Celsius, like, we gotta pull back. And through the communications, the, uh, person who's flying the, uh, uh, Denivan ship is like, is like, oh, it's gone, I'm finally free. I'm finally free. And then he burns up. Yeah. And so, uh, something strange... There's something strange in the neighborhood going on here. They uh, they beam down to the planet. Um, Kirk, uh, McCoy, Spock, the, the holy trinity of Star Trek, the original series.
0: Scotty's there too. Uh,
1: Yeoman Zara, who um, 10 out of 10, let me tell you. Um,
0: Never seen her before, but uh, Christopher's a fan, let's just say.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm a fan of uh, Yeoman Zara and uh, that's That's all I'm going to say is I would have uh, would have enjoyed it if she had more screen time Uh, in a couple of red shirts, join them down and they beamed down to the planet. And I found this amusing that this was like straight up, just like a like very much like on location, just straight up like a college campus in L.A.
0: I got um, it because of the way it's like built up. But when they when they're outside, when they just land on this like planet, they're like. Oh, by the way, um, the intel is like, oh, this is like a colony that's been established, blah, blah, years ago. There's about a million people on the planet, but the right. city they beam down to is 100,000. Yeah, yeah. So it's, so uh, it's, it's Nanaimo-sized. It should be bustling, and there's no one there.
1: Uh, like listeners, there's no one in the uh, Listeners, Nanaimo, British Columbia is my hometown. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it, ha- it has about 100,000 people in it.
0: and uh, But there's nobody in the streets. Yeah. And like they check their readings and they're like, oh, but by the way, it looks like they're at like a Florida um like um this, this is definitely um, this,
1: this is, is definitely LA. It's an LA college campus. Th- there's a
0: pool though. So it kind of looks like part of it is shot at
1: I, I looked this up because I was curious. I it's weird.
0: It's it's just so normal. <laughs> but the thing is it's a human colony, so why wouldn't it, you know, be very normal-ish, I guess, right? But yeah, I found it really amusing. I, I like it's good that you you figured that out that it's like a campus. I, I just imagine like Star Trek like, you know. Well, it, it's kind of refreshing at this location, yeah.
1: It's kind of refreshing too because like a lot of the time in uh, the original series when they beam down to a planet, uh it's just a sound stage with a bunch of styrofoam rocks and like a purple like curtain hung up with like a light behind it for the to represent the, the sky.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this like waste, lo- wasteland, and, and now they're just dead of campus.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, yeah, I found that, uh, pretty refreshing. Um, a group of dudes like show up and with like clubs, these like clear, like plastic clubs, which I'm like,
0: eh, that's kind of cool. Weird rods. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There's so they show
0: plastic rods.
1: Yeah, they they show up and are like yelling at the the crew, the the crew of the Enterprise to like run away, run away, get out of here, go on, get out of here. We don't get want out of here. here. We
0: don't want to have to hurt you.
1: Yeah, and so they rush them, and uh, the crew of the Enterprise stuns them and knocks them out. And they're like, "Hey, so they were telling us to to leave because they didn't want to hurt us, but they were still charging at us." Their uh, what they
0: were saying was different than their actions.
1: Yeah, so. Something, something kind of suspect is going on here. Mm-hmm. And so, when they scan the planet, because uh, you you mentioned like there's no no one around, when they scan the planet, they're like, oh, well, where are the people? And they're like, oh, they're here. They're just all inside. Yeah, and it's like, wow, that's kind of eerie.
0: Yeah, and I was like, what's going on? Kudos to like the writers for kind of setting these steps up because it seems like line to line like a lot of it is cheesy bad writing like that kind of thing no man this was pioneering at its time
1: uh this this is actually like creating like kind of like this is building up suspense here like it's absolutely like i was thinking it was a virus this is like (laughs) this is kind of like horror movie shit like they beamed it they show up this in this town there's pe- there's clearly people, but there's no one fucking around. No one's doing anything. Everything is dead quiet. Like that that is a horror movie setup right there. A lot of the episodes are kind of horror themed. Um, the spooky shit, man. Yeah, especially in the original series. I was thinking it was a virus or something. So, uh, so was I originally. Yeah, uh, and we'll... we'll I have things to say about that momentarily because they, they go to uh, Kirk's brother. Uh, what was his brother's name again? Steve? Dan Sam. 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 <laughs> yeah, his nephew's name is Peter. His uh, sister-in-law's name was uh, uh, Arlen? Arlen? Orlen? I don't know. Orlane.
0: Yeah, something like that. And um, she is like kind of like screaming, trying to close a vent when yeah. they go to their home. And... Um... Kirk kind of like goes over and you know shakes some sense into her, and McCoy does that like sedative, tss- yeah, like thing to her to like calm her down and kind of pass her out. But it's clear she's in some sort of pain, but also like paranoia. Yeah, and uh, they they check. Uh, Sam. And um his brother, again, we just find out he has a brother. and his brother gets about one point five seconds of screen time as they roll over his body. And it's just like, a dude, isn't it um, I okay, so I thought
1: it was straight up just uh, uh, William Shatner with a fake mustache on.
0: I almost thought it was William Shatner with a fake mustache. And I'm like, is this him with a fake mustache just playing dead for one scene? but I, I, I don't think it is. <laughs> okay, I'm going to
1: look this this shit up because okay. <laughs> I I I'm I'm curious now. Um but I like the way this is set up though because uh uh McCoy uh says he's like uh Jim, is that your brother? And he goes and uh examines him and he's like, "Yes, was my brother." He pauses and he's like, "Was my brother." And I'm like, "Oh, okay. So that's It was a nice way of like building up like a brief little bit of suspense of whether he was alive or not. Yeah, like at that point, I was like, uh, I, I was like, yeah, he's probably, he's probably dead.
0: And Uh, indeed, they go in. Um, uh, McCoy tells, um, it
1: it is Shatner with a fake mustache.
0: Are you serious?
1: Yeah, I just checked on uh, Memory Alpha, the, uh, the Star Trek wiki.
0: Amazing, I, fucking ten out of ten. Good, good job! Wow. <laughs> so Sam, we barely knew you ye. <laughs> Yeah. So so Sam Kirk is
1: dead. Uh, may he rest in peace. But his um, nephew's alive. Uh, yeah, but uh, his nephew Peter Kirk is uh is alive. So they beam back to the uh, to the Enterprise because uh, McCoy is like, oh, I can't do anything for them here, and I'm like. Okay. And they beam back to the enterprise and they're just like in sick bay. And I'm like, you don't know what the fuck is wrong with these people. Like no quarantine protocols or no quarantine anything?
0: protocols, they're in space. Um, it could be a sickness that you have no immunity built up to. Yep. It could be viral. Yeah, Right? It could be something like controlling their like brains, like very viral. And that's you and I were on the same page. We're like, they they've been in close proximity, like breathing into each other's like faces. I'm like, if this is some advanced more advanced like virus or whatever they're fucked now
1: <laughs> or like even like bacteria or parasitic like par-
0: yeah like a uh, microscopic parasite paris- and we'll get there because it kind of is it kind of is yeah yeah
1: um, but they they really ought all of them ought to be quarantined on the enterprise until they figure out exactly what's going on
0: yeah the, uh, the um, expedition party included
1: yeah 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 the away team yeah but uh I guess not but I, <laughs> I, I, I guess not. Um, so uh, uh, Kirk's sister-in-law uh, wakes up and uh, Kirk is like uh, asking her like what's going on. And she kind of fills him in on Ooh. very like struggles to like fill him in like she's on, in a
0: lot of pain. she's just kind of screaming things.
1: Uh, and she is like, oh they, um, it says something uh to the effect that like uh like oh we tried to fight it or whatever but like they came
0: from another planet but it's not the crew's fault the people that brought it here they had no choice yeah yeah and um they're forcing us to act as their as their arms and legs and built yeah. to build ships
1: yeah okay so that that actually clears something up um For me because i was a little confused about something so to jump ahead a little bit uh spock ends up getting uh infected by one of these things and he goes mad on the uh enterprise and tries to uh tries to to take control of the enterprise and i wasn't and it's never really mentioned why after that and like that whole like he's like oh they wants it wants the ship and that's kind of just dropped after that. So I was kind of confused as to why, but I'm like, Oh, okay. So this is its method of like trying to spread itself.
0: Mm-hmm. It can loosely use the host and their memory and their thoughts and kind of use pain. Presumably it's attached to their nervous system. So it can, it, it um, is. Yeah. Communicates uh, to uh, it, its desire. Um, yeah. So what these things, she says that it's using us as our, it's legs and, and, and arms so that we can build ships to presumably go and infect other planets and that kind of thing Um, but what these things are are, I love the scene when they stumble upon them so obviously we mentioned that Spock is the one that gets infected but when they stumble upon them it's not a disease or a virus or whatever there are these big loogies
1: these These things these things look so disgusting to me
0: they look disgusting. They're they're, and they're attached to the walls, and they're yellow and they're red, like. And I was immediately kind of like, bloody
1: and like pus,
0: and body ugh. um body snatcher ish. Mm. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm seeing these things land on the back of your neck or your back or something, and do yeah. some shit to you. Immediately, I thought of body snatchers, and um, they try to shoot them, and they can fly. <laughs> <laughs> because you can see they're like dangled by strings and they're like huh circle form a ring a defensive ring and they like shoot at them and um they can like stun them even with like kill settings with their phases but they can't kill them they always recover and as they're retreating cuz like Kirk is like okay enough let's get out of here before more show up or whatever one latches onto Spock's back Presumably and, digs digs some sort of um barb into him and infects him.
1: Well, and indeed uh uh, uh McCoy likens it to a wasp or a bee. It like it, it injects a stinger into him that uh starts spreading like through his body, um it creates these like little like tentacles of sorts that like He has around.
0: it in a jar that he extracted from one of the bodies. Yeah, and I'm not sure if we mentioned, but um, his um, sister-in-law, Spock, like his brother's wife, she dies.
1: Yeah, yeah, she does. Like, straight up, just dies. So uh, McCoy mentions that these things like coil around like um, uh, their, their uh, person's spinal spine, cords, spine, spinal column, and their central nervous system, and what they do is they inflict inflict a uh, unspeakable amount of pain onto their victims to influence them to do whatever they want. And, uh, both Spock and Kirk's nephew are Kirk's nephew, who, by the way, uh, never, never says anything. He is unconscious throughout the entire episode. Yeah. Spock and Kirk's nephew are both infected with these things. And, uh, Spock like gets up. And as I mentioned, like he goes to, to the bridge and like flips out and tries to take control of the ship. And, and, They they sedate him, and uh, it takes like
0: five people to handle uh, this guy. I I, I like the choreography there. uh, Vulcans are stronger than humans. They're stronger, smarter. They live longer. They hear better. Um, They're they have good eyes (laughs) and ears. Yeah, yeah. We'll
1: we'll we'll get we'll get to that later on because I found the
0: superior species clearly.
1: Uh, they are higher up on the evolutionary ladder than humans are. That's actually quite uh, quite
0: established in Star Trek. Oh, do they, do, do they have similar ancestry? Uh, no. Okay, well, then evolutionarily speaking, it's hard to compare the two. But that's that's another discussion. Spock breaks free, right? They end up sedating him again. And they're in kind of a pickle. But... When Spock awakens a second time, he has this kudos to um, Leonard Nimoy for the acting, by the way. He is great at acting like he's in extreme pain, but he's trying to like Zen meditate through it. And he explains when Kirkus t- and uh, McCoy are talking to him later, us Vulcans know that pain is just perceived by the mind and that we can control our mind so i can control the pain and i can like learn to ignore it and you have to trust me and let me go and um they yeah, do they,
1: they they have him hooked up to a machine that has a bunch of uh gives a bunch of readouts about like what's going on with him and mccoy mentions that one of them measures the amount of pain that he's in
0: w- why don't we have that <laughs> in our hospitals now
1: right um and uh, so, basically, like it, uh, this thing is inflicting the amount, such a high amount of pain on Spock that it, the, it completely maxes out the the level on this, uh, on this machine.
0: Enough to kill like a human. Which it yeah. it has.
1: <laughs> yeah. We've seen it. And uh, so, Spock, Spock is able to, like, basically, uh, he's like. Pain, pain is an emotion, I'm a Vulcan, I'm a Vulcan, I can get through this. And he's actually able to like completely work through the pain. And he's like, I can return to active duty. And they're like, that that might be true, but we don't know for how long. So why don't you just chill here for a while and, until we can figure out how, like if you can maintain this. And he's like, fine. But then he breaks free anyway and goes to a transporter room. Tries and to... Then- Try, tries to beam
0: away he I like takes how a... he breaks free again and I'm like what you thought the restraints from the first time were going to work work the second time but this time he's in control
1: yeah he's, he's in control uh, he takes a red toolbox with him yeah <laughs> right? I'm like what's it's, in that I... fucking red toolbox and here's
0: the thing it's not this like oh it's actually this no no legit like in the story it's just a red toolbox because he wants to catch one of them
1: yeah so uh uh, in the transporter room um there's a random crewman and uh scotty there and he spock like spock knocks out the random uh crew guy and
0: with little vulcan nerve pinch
1: yeah and uh scotty like uh gets a phaser and like holds him there and Spock like tells him that, "Uh oh, uh, like I, I want to beam down to the planet. And Scotty's like, well, you know, captain said no one on or off the planet until we figure out what's going on. So Scotty calls Kirk down. Kirk brings uh, McCoy and a bunch of other people with him. And Spock says, yeah, I'm in control. We need to study one of these things. We couldn't do that before. Since I'm already infected, they can't really do much more to me. So I'm the one who should go down there. And I'm like, you know what man has a point.
0: Uh, And he didn't think they were going to let him, which is why he,
1: yeah, tried to do this of his own. So, so Kirk agrees to it. Uh, Spock beams down to the planet with it, with his red toolbox in hand. He takes a phaser and stuns one of these things, and uh, opens his toolbox up and grabs out a pair of pinchers. Grabs the thing, puts it in, yeah, puts it in the
0: toolbox
1: the tongs back in the toolbox shuts it and then goes back to the Enterprise.
0: I, I love that. He's just got barbecue tongues and like a red toolbox and he's like, and in you go. And I'm like, scientific and medically sound. <laughs> Why not?
1: The the science of the 23rd century, baby.
0: <laughs> Sometimes a toolbox just needs to be a toolbox. I. <laughs> it just works, man.
1: Uh, so they get it. They got so they it. it. They
0: got in a science capsule. study it yeah and they're they're doing
1: a whole bunch of science on it uh they figure out that it's a some kind of parasite it's parasitic in
0: nature it's parasitic in nature um it's weird though uh spock explains with with mccoy um they're doing a whole bunch of science i want reports within the hour (laughs) yeah right and they come up with this is like a cell
1: yeah it it it's very reminiscent of a, a brain cell, a single cell of a brain.
0: Yeah, and they're like this is a neuron cell, but it doesn't need to come into contact with the other cells.
1: But they even though they're all independent from one another, they all function as one, as one like big, like multi-cell. One another.
0: larger organism.
1: Yeah. Which uh that that's a really interesting sci-fi concept right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, too, too bad they just decide to kill this thing.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, they, and but they they don't because like they can't. They're like, well, we've tried everything. Like, it, no, well, doesn't... eventually, eventually. Oh yeah, they do. they do. Yeah. Oh, I I say good riddance. <laughs> it's it's just that it's so dangerous to even leave. I mean. Are we to believe that every single one on the planet was killed? Uh,
1: that's the that's the implication, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, you got to wrap these episodes uh, <laughs> up. Um, were all episodes <laughs> um, fit in an hour block, or is this one special?
1: No, they were all an hour long. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, it flew by. I didn't realize it was 50 minutes until I was nearing
1: to the end of it. Yeah, the reason why it's 50 minutes is because there were significantly less commercials.
0: Yeah, it TV was like back 50 minutes? What? Yeah. I was uh, shocked that the this fifth this episode was fifty minutes because usually a half hour block has twenty two minutes of.
1: Uh, actually, a lot of modern uh, modern uh, network TV most like half hour sitcoms are like only like twenty minutes now. The rest is commercials. Most most hourly Stings. most hourly network TV now are about forty to forty one minutes. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah, when you watch uh, old TV on uh, on DVD, like MASH uh, is a good example. This shocked me when I first saw MASH on DVD back when I was a teenager because uh, the episodes were like 27 minutes long without commercials and they fit into half-hour blocks.
0: I, and, also wow. what I,
1: and also what I started noticing too was that I was seeing scenes in episodes on the DVD that uh, I had never seen before. And so what I realized was, very quickly realized, was that uh, to to add in extra commercials when they're showing the show in syndication in reruns uh, in the modern day, they actually edit the episodes down so they can fit in to, fit in more
0: commercials. And you were getting the original episodes on your DVD copy. Yeah, the original like full oh. cuts of the
1: episodes that would have originally aired. So you were back actually the seeing 70s.
0: the full episodes that you had never seen. So I, TV.
1: It, yeah, so I was seeing stuff in episodes that I'd seen on TV before, stuff that i had never seen.
0: It makes me wonder.
1: With us, uh, was... pro- probably, they probably do that with uh, this show as well. To this day, they, they wouldn't be surprised. Those networks got to make that uh, that advertising money, man. My mind is blown and I have been deceived. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have no mouth and I
0: must scream. <laughs> oh, so uh, what? What ends uh, up happening? Um, the the gist of it is, Kirk is like, "Get in there, eggheads!" And are you telling me that we have the most advanced, like, scientific and like medical, like, facilities? Fourteen different, like, science, like, facilities on this entire starship, and we can't figure out how to like kill these things. Mm-hmm. And they end up being like, well they're not like of the same like realm they they came from somewhere else and and the the physics is different and the their biology is different and it ends up being kirk and i saw this coming a million years million years million light years (laughs) away (laughs) um i knew kirk was going to be the one to solve it and i was like come on give them Give the scientists some like credit because he just walks off and he's like, wait, do you remember that Denovan ship? How he was like, he's finally free when he was flying into the sun and he seemed to gain control of himself. What if it has something to do with light? And they're like, oh, I don't know about that. And he's like, do it. And so they, they amp up like light, like what is it? A thousand lumens or something like that. And they find out by subjecting it to really powerful light they can kill this mofo well, yeah because
1: they uh, th- they had tried basically everything else from the Sun they had tried heat they had tried radi- ultraviolet radiation and none of it worked and uh, Kirk comes to the conclusion that it must be light so yeah uh, a 1000 candle light is what they call it mm-hmm. uh, to so they bombard this uh, this like pus bucket with uh, 1,000 candle light of brightness. and
0: an astronomical term. Yeah, lumens. (laughs) They kill that. They kill the dead.
1: Yeah, so they kill the thing, and then they're like, okay, well, uh, now we need to do a human... We need to uh, uh, test it, actually, like a person who has been uh, afflicted with this. And uh, I thought they were going to put the kid in there. (laughs) I thought
0: so, too. I'm like, throw that fucker in. He ain't going to live anyway.
1: Yeah. Uh, But no, they... they, um, uh, Spock is like, oh, I'm the one who makes the most sense. And they're like, but you'll be blind.
0: And McCoy's and, like, I'll rig up a
1: a, a, protective, a protective eyewear. Mask. Yeah. And uh, uh, Spock is like, well, you can't really do that for everyone on the planet. So, uh, so can't do it for me here because we need to know if this works. And they're like, by gosh, you're right. We wish you weren't, but you are.
0: Your infallible Vulcan logic cannot be questioned. So you throw him in the chamber.
1: Yep. And uh, it works, but it he is indeed blinded by it.
0: Again, I, Leonard Nimoy, great actor. Blinded by the What a light. day, Spock ass man. He's fighting through like seemingly like, like pain that should kill kill him. I, I like now he's w- blind.
1: <laughs> I like that when he comes out of the uh, 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 when he comes out of the chamber and like kind of stumbles. He's like, "Oh, it it, it has worked. I'm no longer in pain, but I'm also extremely blind." And I think he says, uh, "It was an equitable trade."
0: An extremely equitable trade.
1: Yeah, and I'm like, like, wow, you were in that I... much. You were in that much pain that you're like, "Fuck!" If like it means I'm blind, then. Fair enough. I actually, I really like too yeah. that like, um, uh, uh, McCoy is like apologizing. He's like, he's like, oh, I'm so sorry.
0: Mr. Spock.
1: I, uh, I, I like that Spock is straight up just like, uh, no, it, it, it's fine. Doctor, it's
0: done. It's over. I, I agreed with your assessment and I made the choice. Yep. And then yeah. before Kirk leaves, he just kind of like looks at McCoy and he's like, Bones, as if he's like really upset. But he doesn't say anything and he just kind of storms out. Well, so and, Kirk then later, is and then upset. later,
1: he's upset. But then like in the next scene, Kirk is like, Bones, it's not your fault. And I'm like, in the last scene, you Bones.
0: were about ready to blame him for it. Bones, it's, it's not your fault it's not your fault. Yeah, and he just keeps talking to him as McCoy's just like kind of yeah, very upset. And that's when McCoy says hey, he's the best first mate of the entire Starfleet. Best first officer. First officer um, of the entire Starfleet and I blinded him. Yeah. So he, there's some guilt there. So they rig well, up I'm a I'm bunch- glad Kirk came around and was like instead of blaming him came around and said yeah. it wasn't his fault so they rig up a bunch of satellites
1: and do the same thing to the entire planet and we get they a do shot. science yeah uh and we we get a shot of one of these like parasites like uh burning up on the oh, planet and like
0: what's their conclusion though because they come to the conclusion that they didn't need to blind him
1: oh right yeah um, um
0: it's a di- it's not uv light it's infrared
1: no, they don't. Another they don't, spectrum. They, they, they don't specify. They just say that much like a a dog can hear things that uh, human ears can't pick up, uh, the the type of light that is toxic to these things is a type of light that uh, humans can't comprehend.
0: So they never mentioned what kind of radiation it was. It's just not on the visual spectrum for us, right? Yeah. So they don't have to blind everybody.
1: And uh, McCoy is having a hard time with that because he's like,
0: you mean I didn't have to blind Mr. Spock? It it appears not. And that's why there's, man, that's an emotional scene.
1: Well, and like, uh, kudos. And, and uh, I once again, like, I, I really like Spock's level headedness here. He's like, uh, there's no need to apologize, doctor. It's it, it's fine. It's over with.
0: If they had waited five minutes for that lady to come back with <laughs> this like little data pad for them yeah. to look through it and go oh because the, they were um, seeing trying to test the body of it to see what killed it and right after they blind Spock the lady's like oh here's the diagnostics you like ordered it turns out it's this kind of light or it, it's not the visual spectrum and that was the big like my god what have we done moment mm-hmm. and I'm like you guys couldn't have waited but they feel very. Well, one, it's a episodic. There, there, thing.
1: there, there is also a, a degree of urgency here because uh, one of the things that um, is kind of a ticking clock for them is uh, Kirk's nephew is, as I mentioned, is unconscious throughout the entire episode, and they're like the amount and the amount of pain that these things inflict. Like he wouldn't be able to handle it. So basically, as soon as that kid wakes up, he's dead. He's going and to presumably die in agony.
0: people are dying every minute. Yeah on the on the planet like this this thing is lethal
1: yeah yeah so like i said they uh they rig up a bunch of satellites that they shoot out to like uh uh blanket the planet in this light and we see like a shot of one of these things on the ground getting melted by it great effects by the way the
0: melting <laughs> like uh parasites yeah they, they got the dry ice effect for the smoke and it's kind of like fading like from view
1: yeah and then um uh, then back on the bridge there like the, the the end of the episode is them like uh getting ready to to leave and then spock shows up on the bridge and they're like wait what you can see he's like oh uh yes uh, uh we vulcans have uh an inner eyelid uh that uh, is that uh protects us from uh ultra ultra light protects our eyes from ultra sensitive because light because the, the light
0: in uh their system vulcan is um much brighter it is way way brighter so they've evolved to protect their optics better right so uh, it was just temporary <laughs> temporary blindness and i'm like like
1: you couldn't have mentioned this before Spock when everyone was you lamenting <laughs> when everyone was lamenting about the fact that you were blinded like you couldn't have mentioned like no it's fine I'll be I'll be all right in a few minutes
0: you troll he's a troll man <laughs> yeah. and indeed um uh, McCoy is kind of like <clears throat> and he turns to Kirk uh on the bridge and he's all like hey uh you know like don't don't tell Spock that um I said he was the best uh First officer in all of Starfleet. Right. And uh, Spock looks
1: over and is like, uh, thank you, Doctor. And Kirk says something to the effect of, oh, you were so concerned about his eyes, his superior eyes. You forgot about his superior Vulcan hearing as well.
0: And then everybody laughs, and the credits roll. <laughs> yeah. And everything ended up all right.
1: Alright, so uh, Cal... You've just watched a random episode of uh, of uh, sorry, I I got a prompt on my screen from Zoom being like because I was doing the whole like Star Trek, like, yeah, (laughs) I just got a prompt on Zoom. It's like, are you playing music right now? Set up professional audio and audio
0: settings. (laughs) Oh, Oh, wow. So you can emulate uh, a theremin. Is that what they're called? A theremin.
1: (laughs) It's apparently, so well. well enough
0: that it fooled Zoom, that it it thought you were playing an instrument.
1: Yeah, what? <laughs> what? Wild. <laughs> I got distracted by that for a That's second. That's the I'm instrument like, what?
0: they used for the opening, where like it uses air pressure. Yeah, so like yeah. Man, when I was a teenager, and I found out what that was. I was sure that I was going to learn how to play the theremin. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, so, sorry. S- you were speak, saying. <laughs> speaking
1: of musical instruments, real quick, the guy, the kid who played uh, uh, Kirk's nephew, his name is Craig Huxley. Uh, he apparently invented a musical instrument called the blaster beam in the 1970s. What? <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, I'm, it's. I'm going in. Uh, is a uh, concept electrical music music uh musical instrument consisting of a 12 to 18 foot long metal beam strung with numerous tensed wires under which are mounted electric guitar pickups which can be moved to alter the sound produced his design was patented in 1984. The instrument was used in the start soundtrack to Star Trek: The Motion Picture, and played it for the soundtrack to uh, the movie Ten Cloverfield Lane.
0: Wow! What? Okay, listeners. Wow! (laughs) Go and Google blaster beam instrument or blaster beam music.
1: Uh, It's been used in a. It's been used in a lot of Star Trek stuff, so that's that's wild. It was it was used in the soundtrack to purple prince the prince movie Purple
0: Rain. (laughs) This is wild, man. That that is so like retro sci-fi too, that the kid that was in this episode of the original series grew up to (laughs) make an instrument that was used in movies and and Star Trek? Yeah. A lot of movies, as a matter of fact.
1: Uh, it's also used on the soundtrack to the TV show The Orville, which is kind of a, a homage to Star Trek, so that kind of fits. But, uh, yeah, it was used in uh, uh, the movie Doctor Sleep, uh, Austin Powers
0: in Goldmember. I thank you for look, looking that up, man. I
1: the, the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes remake, uh, Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within, the TV show Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> That's crazy. Amazing. That's crazy. Anyway, Cal, so you just watched a random episode of Star Trek, the original series. Would you watch another one? I would. Would you tune, in? I will. Would you tune in next week?
0: I'm tuning think... in next.
1: Oh. All right. I, I think that that's how I'm going to start phrasing this from now on. You've just watched a random episode of this show. Will you? Would you tune in next week if you're watching it on TV? I will. All right. So I'm tuning I. in
0: next week, folks.
1: So would I, maybe I'll watch some more, uh, uh, the original series after we're done recording here. Uh, well, that was episode 27 of the laser Comb podcast. If you want to support the show, you can uh, do that by going to patreon.com slash Lasercomb L a Z O R C O M B where starting at the $5 and up tier, you get uh bonus preamble audio of this and all the other shows we do week in and week out, where we kind of just shoot the shit before we get started recording, uh, this week, I talked about my um, uh, some uh, money woes that I'm ha- having relating to a missing electronic funds transfer and also my benefits package at work. I know, exciting stuff, right? You also get a monthly-ish commentary track. Uh, at the $5 tier, so uh, uh, go check that out. Um, at the $10 and up tier, uh, if you want us to, uh, if you want to pick a show for us to review a random episode of on this very podcast, you can do that at the $10 and up tier. You also get our uh, weekly ish news and current events program, Lasercomb Tonight. So, Lasercom, uh, Patreon.com slash lasercomb. Uh, follow me on Twitter. You can do so
0: at Lasercomb, L-A-Z-O-R-C-O-M-B. Cal, you are at? I am at NeoCal. N-E-O underscore K-A-L.
1: Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash lasercomb. As I mentioned, this is Star Trek Month. So uh next up on the list is uh Star Trek the Next Generation, which I'm pretty excited to get to. So as always, we're gonna go to numbergenerator.org. And uh, find out how many episodes uh, Next Generation had It had 178 per Wikipedia So random numbers Between 100 and 178 and here we Go <laughs> Beep
0: beep 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 beep, beep.
1: 117 Master Chief himself John 117 <laughs> I just watched the second episode of uh, The Halo TV show today uh, s- Still really liking the show Uh Episode 117 is Season 5, Episode 17, The Outcast. Ooh. Uh, In this episode, Riker falls in love with Sauron, a member of an androgynous race which finds gender specificity unacceptable. Huh! I remember this episode. Uh, I'm curious to see uh, how it holds up. If it handles... uh, the issues of uh, gender identity gracefully
0: yeah yeah it, it sounds like intriguing and um, we had mentioned like off air like Star Trek was always progressive for it's for, time yeah. or it's time
1: yeah <laughs> so, some things haven't aged well but uh, we'll 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 get into more of that next week. Um, until then I've been one of your hosts, the siege and I'm Neo Cal. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Time to beam out.